as we go to the word of the Lord tonight. And uh, we're going to turn to the book of James. James chapter number 1. James chapter number 1. And we're going to look at verses number 2 through 4 tonight. Amen. James chapter number 1. Starting at verse number 2 this evening. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? Amen. There's a few. I still hear some pages turning. We'll give you just a second. James 1, verse number 2 through 4. Amen. Let's try again. Are you there with me? Say amen if you are. All right. There's a little bit more. My brethren... Now I want you to hear the I want you to hear the way that this this verse describes some of these things. There are some things that sound a little bit contradictory in this, but I want you to notice what James is saying. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. The word divers there mean various. In some breakdown of the word it also means a multitude of temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience but let patience have her perfect work somebody shout perfect that you may be perfect And entire, wanting nothing. In other words, in all of this, in all of the trial, in faith that is working, patience, when patience has its perfect work, it says that you might be perfect and entire, wanting for nothing. Amen. Complete, whole. Now, I want you to notice in this, James says, I want you to count it joy when you fall into these temptations. That doesn't sound like something you normally rejoice over, does it? Rejoice when you fall into these temptations. And notice the progression, that the trying of your faith works patience. Somebody can shout, I ain't got time for that. (laughs) I ain't got time for that. It worketh patience. It says, but let patience, again, notice the progression. Let patience have its perfect work. And then in doing so, you become perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It seems like that in the midst of imperfect scenarios, God is working to impact our lives. And I, tonight, if we can, for just a few moments, I just want to preach on the impact of the imperfect. Amen. The impact of the imperfect. Is there anybody here that you can look just very briefly over the course of your mind and say, my life has been impacted by what were considered imperfect moments? My life has been impacted by things that did not go the way that I thought they were going to go. It did not work out the way that, I w- that it was going to work out. However, the impact of it has changed me. 
Amen. Can we pray? Ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, I thank you once again for every heart and life represented in this house. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And once again, we ask and pray that your word go forth in power and authority. Lord, that you would have your will and your way. Speak to us tonight. Give us ears to hear and a heart to understand. Lord, I pray challenge us and change us. As always, our prayer is let us leave here different than the way that we've come. And we'll give you, we'll give you praise for what you'll do. Anoint my mind and lips to preach. I pray once again, Lord, hide me behind the cross. Lord, so that we see you, we hear you tonight. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As you're seated, tell your neighbor, say, I've been impacted by the imperfect. Amen. I have been impacted by the imperfect. As I said, here in this particular text, James really is making reference to such a phenomenon. And I'll call it a phenomenon because there are many moments for us where we have been left scratching our heads, maybe sometimes shaking our heads in frustration, maybe looking around and saying, what good can come out of this particular thing? What good can happen when there is failure, frustration? What good is there when it seems like, Brother Jacob, everything is falling apart? Here James said, instead of sitting down and pouting somewhere, instead of getting mad and going and sitting in the corner somewhere, he said, what you must do, it is necessary. As a matter of fact, Brother Gary, he doesn't offer this as a suggestion. He simply says to do it, brethren. He said, Count it joy. Rejoice when you fall into these things. Rejoice when you fall into various temptations. Rejoice when there's trial and tribulation. Rejoice. Count it joy. Amen. When you are, if you will, by way of descriptive, maybe your back's against the wall. Maybe everything is not ideal. There's imperfect situations. I want you to notice that he uses a word here that a lot of us don't like. One of those is to fall. How many of you know that when you fall you are losing control? Amen. You don't have the ability hey, to keep your balance or to stay on your own two feet. Have you ever had those dreams that you were falling? Have you ever had that dream where you were just out of control and about the time you're going to hit the ground, you leap up off the bed about 10 foot high. Come on here. There's times I've fallen off my bed because I was dreaming that I was falling. It's the lack of control. Amen. It's a lack of things being together. When somebody falls, sometimes it implicates that they've tripped up over something. Maybe they've stepped into a hole in the ground. Maybe they lost their footing. They lost their balance. Maybe they were, they were out of balance because they were heavy of something they were carrying. 
praying or whatever the case might be. I remember vividly as I was there to witness it. Amen. The time that myself and my father-in-law, Papa, and my stepdad, we were moving a refrigerator out of an apartment. Amen. And at the apartment that we were moving the refrigerator out of, there was only two ways in and out of that apartment. If you went in the front door, there was a zigzag of metal stairs that went up every bit about 15, 20 foot high to get up. It was an upstairs apartment built up above the gymnasium of the church. It acted as an evangelist quarters and a quarters, a living quarters for teachers in the school. And there was that way up and then out the back door, down the balcony, into the gymnasium was another set of stairs. Roughly as well, a steep pitch had about probably 15 foot high to get up into that balcony. And I remember we decided to go through the gym because you didn't have to get out there and navigate the zigzag of that front door. And Brother Torbert, we was in there and we was holding on to that refrigerator. And as we were holding on to that refrigerator, there was one at the bottom and there was two at the top. And we was there trying to navigate that thing. And I still remember my father-in-law's famous words. He First he was saying, I got it. I got it. And then within just a matter of seconds, he said, I don't got it. I don't got it. Amen. And that... That refrigerator, it's, I mean, it started coming. My stepdad was on the bottom of that refrigerator. I'd never seen him backpedal so fast. He never, he went down those stairs, never missed it. And here come that refrigerator. Boom, 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 coming right down there. And my father-in-law still trying to hold on to it, being drugged down that. Amen. The burden was so heavy it caused the fall. Amen. And it was a great big collision at the bottom of them stairs. I, and I, yours truly, just stood there and watched it all in amazement. I never seen two men move so fast. In the same token, it was kind of like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but folks will slow down on the highway to see a wreck, and I was kind of that way. It was just a wreck. It was refrigerator and two men sprawled out on the floor. Amen. Falls. <laughs> Falls can have you to where you're out of control. Temptation, trial, tribulation. These are things that nobody signs up for. It is not every day that somebody says, Brother Jacob, you know what? I was praying today that my family would be in the middle of a trial. I was praying today that I would be overwhelmed with tribulation. I was praying today that I would just step into something, amen, that would knock me for a loop. But James said, take joy in this he said because what's happening in an imperfect situation is that there is a perfect God who's going to impact your life by what is seemingly imperfect he said he'll take those trials he'll take that testing and he said that if you will let patience have its perfect work you will be perfect and entire amen there will be some things
things that come as a result of the imperfect situations. I want you to understand tonight that there are many impactful and great achievements that did not come through perfection. Rather, the imperfection, it transcended uh, life as we know it throughout many generations. Let me mention a couple of things that today we enjoy. Today are a part of the fabric of our life and a part of what we do and who we are and, and all these things that we kind of just take for granted here in the United States. But did you know that there were numerous imperfections, failures, and mistakes that led to the discovery of DNA. Amen. For years, there were things that folks did not know about genetic makeup, but DNA. DNA is now transcended. It has now put prisoners in, or, or, or folks who were on the run are trying to hide some things. It has put the guilty, amen, in prisons. It's convicted murderers. But by accident, through imperfection, DNA was discovered. Penicillin, aspirin, the x-ray, Teflon, Velcro, nylon, cornflakes. If you had a bowl this morning and if you enjoyed them, I want you to know that they were developed by way of accident. Imperfection. Some of you today may be drinking imperfect drink. And it was discovered by way of imperfection, and that is Coca-Cola. And also, did you know that there was also the coming about of chocolate chip cookies? Come on, somebody. By way of failure and imperfect situations in our lives, I want you to understand tonight that maybe you are up against some things that you would say, Brother Jacob, if it was my narrative, if it was what I wanted, if it was how I wanted to feel, if it was what I wanted to celebrate, if it was what I wanted to rejoice over, it would look a lot different. It would feel a lot different. It would be a lot different. Brother Jacob, it is imperfect. Imperfect. I'm standing in the trial. I've lost control. I've fallen down. I've looked weak. I don't understand it. But tonight, I believe the Word of God would remind us of big old mass of imperfect people and imperfect situations that there's a God who says even when things are imperfect I will be sure that your life is impacted in such a way and you come through this thing better than you ever were before. Amen. You see, the truth of the matter is, is that there are many of us that fall apart in the imperfect. There are many of us we cannot handle the imperfect. There are many of us we are thrown off by the imperfect. 
It's just not right. Brother Jacob, my ducks aren't in a row. You don't understand there's this going on and there's this chaos and there's this thing. Brother Jacob, you don't understand the weight of what's going on in my family. You don't understand the fight that's happening right now within me, within my mind, within my spirit. Oh, Brother Hemphill, we can say, well, that the, the imperfections of what's going on maybe with the children, the grandchildren, imperfections of what's going on just in life and ministry in general if we are not careful we will always hone in on all the things that are imperfect imperfect, and we will have a basis a thought process that because it's not how we thought this didn't work out the way I planned that maybe God's not involved maybe I'm not in the middle of his will maybe he's not hearing my prayer Maybe he don't care about what's happening. Oh, but tonight, church, understand his God is a God that can take tragedy, trial, and tribulation. He's still a God that said, Sister Jerry, I'll give you beauty when there was ashes. I'll give you joy where there was mourning. I'll give you the garment of praise when you were burdened down with heaviness. I can take all all the things that were seemingly wrong I can take the broken pieces and I can make you better than new I'm glad that God is in the business of restoration of healing and doing things that completely confound the wisest of the wise amen understand the impact of the imperfect one of the places where the impact wants to, or where the imperfection, this is going to be a tongue twister tonight. Where the imperfect wants to impact you, as I want you to understand, is that the imperfect will teach you some things. It'll teach you some things. Listen carefully. Here, James had brought in, oh, I know. Hey, listen, we don't use cuss words around here, but you start saying the word patient. Patience, be patient, exercise some patience. I've seen the, the most righteous start to squirm and act like you just, you, you cussing like a sailor, you saying that word, preacher. Don't you use that word patient. Many of us have heard people say, pray for whatever you want, but don't you pray for patience, Brother Bobby. Oh, because the Lord will test you and try you. Listen, he had said here in this, he said, let patience have its perfect work. He was talking about trial, talking about temptation, but the process is, in, is moving. And he said, you've got to let patience have its perfect work. But that, that the trying of your faith, it works this. What does this mean, Brother Torbert? It means that there are some things that only imperfection can teach you. And when it teaches you, amen, it impacts your life in a way that you walk away from that knowing that you have a better understanding, that you are in a better place. You have a deeper uh, knowledge and realization of who God is. I love the Word of God for many reasons. But one of the reasons why I love God's Word is, Sister Laura, it gives me hope. You know why it gives me 
hope is because it is, Brother Marvin, chock full of imperfect people just like me and just like you. It doesn't matter, Brother Danny, how long we've been saved. It doesn't matter how well we can quote Scripture. It doesn't matter how good you can preach. It doesn't matter, Brother Gold, what our resume and reputation is. Life is imperfect. People are imperfect. Let me break it to you. Pastors are imperfect. And churches are imperfect. But in every one of those imperfect situations, when there's been imperfect pastors and imperfect churches and imperfect situations, I stand tonight as a result that there was an impact on my life by way of imperfect situations. You as well. Come on here. You as well. There are times that we are not moving where God would have us to move and do what God would have us to do. We are paralyzed by way of analyzing to make sure that everything is right. Come on here. That everything is put together. I got tickled, and I'm going to tell on the kids here. Karen, Aaron, they've been working hard on their house. Got them a cute little house, and it's been a, a labor of love, hasn't it, Sister Kara? It's been a little fixer-upper, and they've been working on it and doing all these things. And, and uh, last Tuesday, uh, got to go over, and, and they cooked a little dinner for Brother Jacob, Sister Carolyn, and and we, we, we uh, and I'm still alive. No food poisoning. It was wonderful. I had to give Sister Kara a fit. It was a wonderful meal that went over there. And after dinner, we was going to sit down. We sat down to do some uh, marriage counseling and some things of that nature. But I got a tour of the house. And Sister Kara was showing me and Aaron was showing us that this, this little tour. And, uh, and, and uh, they're like everybody else would be. Number one, you're excited over your new little place. And number two, you start talking about. They showed me pictures of all of the work that's transpired. And we'd go into one room. Room and Sister Kara, she'd say, "Well, in this room, here's what we're doing. But yet, we st- we we got to we got to finish some painting over here, and we got some of this over here, and and this little piece of trim here, and behind the fridge over here, we're doing this, and on this here. And I got I got tickled because Sister Shannon, I understand it, I get it. When you show something off, uh, you want it all just to look stellar, and you want it to be, uh, you know, you don't want to pe- people to come around until everything's perfect. But I was glad, I was glad to get to." take a peek behind the curtain before it looked like a magazine house and and before it looked like an issue of architectural digest come on here I got to see the imperfections and I was uh, we were talking and I said the thing about imperfections uh, the thing about these little projects uh, the things about what still has to be done uh, is that when it's done uh, there is a grander appreciation uh, amen for what has been accomplished uh, There's something that resonates, I believe, in the heart and mind of everybody. When Brother 
Torbert, not everything's been handed on a silver platter. But there's been some blood, sweat, and tears. There's been some heartaches. There's been some rough places. When you had to go, when one day you stand back and say, ain't she pretty? Ain't she beautiful? And in your mind you'll say, but I remember when we were laying floor. I remember when we was cutting down that tree and we was cleaning up over here. We painted this and we did that. There's something that resonates. I want to tell you, the church has lost a teachable spirit. We want everything handed to us. We want to just come in, jump in, and rejoice. But may God give us some people who would say, she may not be everything she needs to be. We're a little rough around the edges. We're a little bit imperfect. But bless God, he can impact lives by way of the imperfect. Come on here. Come on here. There are some things that being impacted by the imperfect can only teach you. There are some things that will teach you how to pray like you've never prayed. It will teach you how to give and sacrifice like you've never done. It will teach you, Brother Tobin, to get in that word and know that if I don't get a word from God, I'm not going to survive this. It will get you in a place, let me tell you something, in perfect moments, Sister Janie, will cause you to worship like you've never worshipped before. Come on here. When you realize that you can't do it yourself. Oh, that shouting ground, if you're writing notes, you better capitalize that. I can't do it myself. Somebody once said, there's two things. There was a young man asking a question, said, am I praying enough for God to help me in this situation? And the pastor told him, he said, there's two things that I know. He said, I know that there is a God. And he said, I know that I'm not him. is good. Amen. I know there is a God. And brother Eli, I know that I am not him. I serve him. I will trust him. But I want to tell you, we need to stand one more time open and say, could you teach me, Lord? Would you teach me? What do you want me to see? What do you want me to know? Can I tell you that right now, while there are some things falling down around you, right now when the going is tough, right now, Sister Music, when the tears are falling, right now, while there are pains that, Emma, we wish we did not have, I pray to God that we one more time, instead of trying to run Instead of giving up, instead of sitting down saying, well, I don't know what else to do. What do I do, preacher? I will tell you tonight what to do. Take heart, rejoice, and be exceedingly glad. And learn to say, God, I'll praise you as you teach me. Help me to be teachable. Help me to see what it is you're wanting to reveal. Amen. The Word of God reminds us in the Scripture, and for sake of reminding you of it, I'll read this to you, Proverbs 3 and 5. We know, we know it, but it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Come on here. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. 
Let me tell you another way that you are impacted by the imperfect. Not only does the imperfect teach you some things, but I want you to know is that the imperfect helps you to tell the truth. It helps you to tell the truth. What do you mean by that, Brother Jacob? I want you to understand, imperfections bring impact because it strips away the facade that we often want others to see. The church house is the gathering place for many people who want to pretend that things are one way when actually things are another way. Come on here. It happens in the church. Let me tell you something. We have teenagers. Did you know that one of the alarming statistics of teenage suicide is perpetrated by the fact that they look at social media. They spend hours on social media, Facebook, Instagram, all the other things that are on. I don't know all the platforms. I know those two for sure. But they look, they spend hours on these social media platforms and they look at scenarios and situations of people that it looks like their life is perfect. They see perfect images, perfect bodies, perfect outfits, the perfect home, the perfect kids. Oh, you're not shouting, but I'm, come on here. We've even learned in the church, now that the church is in the stratosphere of social media, we will, we'll, we, it will, and I love, I love when Brother Todd comes to me and said, I got some of these snapshots of the altar service or the picture of this one pressing into the presence of the Lord or, or this one at this certain time. I love that. But now we've even gotten to the church to where it's easy. Oh, you'll compare your church to everybody else's church because you look at the pictures and say, oh, look at this and look at the size of that and they're doing this ministry and they're doing this thing let me tell you tonight is that we are in an age where there are all kinds of comparisons there are all kinds and it's not just amongst our kids there's mamas and daddies there are parents that feel like absolute failures absolute losers because their kids don't look like somebody else's kids because their kids don't have what somebody else's kids there's people who feel like their life is not worth living because they don't go on vacation like somebody else went on vacation. Does anybody hear what I'm saying tonight? Do you understand is that there are some things that are going on that your mind is seeing, that your heart is trying to comprehend, and it is not the truth. not the truth I know for our family how many pictures it takes to get the picture and don't look at me cross-eyed because you do it too the right lighting the right turn the right smile one year we was in Branson and we were taking a picture and the the family that was with us, they took some pictures and with, the, with your phone, you can, you can shoot off 50 pictures in, in a second. 
So they shot off some pictures. So we go on our way and we're sitting there and, and Ashlyn looks over at her mama and she says, Mom, you might want to look at them pictures. And Sister Carolyn said, how come? She said, well, I was kind of making a face in them pictures. She is out in front of and we And we start looking, and there's probably 15, 20 of them pictures. Ash, she's, I mean, just making all kinds of, all kinds of faces. And, she, and Carolyn said, what in the world? What was you thinking? Well, I don't know, you know. So we had to go back and retake it. Brother Torbert, it took us a good, about good 50 to get to the one that we, that we wanted. After Ash quit making faces and all that kind of stuff and all those kind of things, she had a good time over it. Amen. I didn't because I had to stand there and take more pictures. Come on. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that the imperfect will impact you because it will reveal truth. It will reveal truth. Somebody had once said this, if you want to impress somebody, you just talk about all your success. But Brother Eddie, if you want to impact somebody, then you share your sufferings. You share what you came through. You share your story. You reveal, Brother Chad, it hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows. You reveal that there's times you fell flat on your face. You reveal there's times you struggled and stumbled along the way. Come on here. I remember when I, we first went to go work for Brother Goodwin there in Livingston. I was so intimidated. I mean, I was so intimidated. I, I, I knew nothing about being a youth pastor. And after about three days with Brother Goodwin, I, was, I could still show you where we was at on the road. And I was driving for him. We were on our way to a hospital to go visit somebody. And I looked at Brother Goodwin. I said, Brother Goodwin, I said, I need you to make me a promise. He said, I'll do the best that I can. I said, if there's something I should be doing, tell me. If there's something I shouldn't be doing, tell me. I said, but don't make me guess. I said, just come right out and tell me the truth. Amen. And I remember I was so, I was so intimidated. And one, one of the first things that happened after we got to, to go to work for Brother Goodwin, that was a camp meeting. And, and in that camp meeting, I sat there, I mean, my jaw on the floor, listening to those men of God preach. You had men like Brother Don Brankel and Brother Michael Tom and Brother Benny Torbert and different ones out there. But I was just sitting there soaking it all in. And Brother Tobin, I thought to myself, I am way out of my league. I am way, I mean, I am just, I'm doing good if I'm lint in these guys' pocket. And I was sitting there listening to all those things. A month later, Brother Danny, we was going to truth camp. And there at truth camp, here was all, the, all these other churches and, and these other preachers and all these things. And I mean, Brother Hemphill, these men who were on fire preaching like men from another world. I sat there, I said, oh man, oh man, I might as well go on back to Missouri. I just don't know. I'm not cut out for all this. I'm, I just can't be. And there was a man in that camp, Brother Michael Tom, who came up to me after one, after one of the services. And he, and he came up and he was talking with me getting to know me and he said brother Jacob he said where did you go to Bible school and I hung my head brother Torbert and I, I, I remember I didn't even look him in the eye so well I didn't go to Bible school and he, and he, and he said I didn't either and I looked up I looked up because I done heard this man preach I mean preach like a house of fire 
and, uh, and I, was, I mean, his ministry was impacting me. And, I, I, and, and he said, ah, he said, I didn't either. But he talked about growing up. And he was telling stories, Brother Udy, about growing up. And you know what he did, Sister Brenda, that changed my life? And that I needed in that moment to be impacted. Because the enemy had me convinced in that moment that because I didn't come from this group and because I didn't have this resume and I didn't have this experience, that Aunt Brenda, surely I had no part. And I nearly talked my myself out of being there. I thought maybe it's just best. Brother Goodwin can find somebody better, more qualified. But that man that day told me about his family, told me about his upbringing, told me about his struggles. And Sister Torberty told me the truth. The truth. And he wasn't sitting there trying to be a big shot. And he wasn't sitting there saying, well, bless God, I'm, I'm anointed because of this. And my church is this big. And I do this. And I go here. And I go there. But he took a young preacher who thought I would could not amount to anything. And he impacted me. He impacted me not because he sat there and told me about all his success. But he impacted me because of the imperfect. And it challenged me. And he told the truth. And my life was never the same. Come on here. It gave me opportunity to realize I can, I can do this. There are some of you, the enemy has lied to you. He has war on you. He has pointed out every flaw and every fault in your family, in your makeup, in who you are and said you can't. I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to close, I promise. It's 7.30, we're doing good. Listen to what Paul said. I want you to notice something here. In 2 Corinthians 12, he said, Of such an one will I glory. Listen. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. For though, listen to his struggle. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth. In other words, he said, I will tell you the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be. Or of what he hears of me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Listen to this. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, He is strong. Glory be to God. For when I am weak, can I tell somebody, don't you 
stay at home? Don't you think that you don't qualify? Don't sit in that pew and not worship because your week was a disaster. Because you made a fool of yourself. Because you were failing or faltering. Oh, Sister Gloria, don't you dare sit on the Holy Ghost when you have a bad week and things. I mean, just it was imperfect. But rather glory in the fact I will tell the truth and I will show that I'm still standing here not because of me but because of the goodness of God because of his mercy can I tell you somebody needs to hear your story somebody needs to see the truth of where you've come from Somebody needs to know the truth of what God brought you out of. Because there's a lot of folks that feel like Sister Cindy. I can't go to that church. I've heard it all my life. I can't go there because they too perfect. When I hear that, you know what I want to do? Ah! <laughs> and just laugh and laugh. Come on here. But see, the truth is, is I remember when I was there, and you remember when you was there. And you remember and you recognize when you're there even now. Paul said, I'll tell the truth. He said, I don't want anybody to think more of me than what I am. Oh, I know there's some. There's some, they want to be sure that they think everywhere they step is holy ground. They want to be sure that they have arrived and that everybody knows that they've arrived. They want to be sure. Come on here. Brother Kenny Morris, tremendous preacher, and you can even take the likes of Brother Clendenin, men that have been all over the place and some around the world. And one of the things that made these men loved and still love today is they were people who were approachable. They were people, Brother Kenny Morris shared the story. He had preached a big district meeting, and he had been invited there for several times, and he said, I'd go down. So when they dismissed us for lunch, he said, I'd go down. I'd sit at the table with the preach, other preachers and the preacher's wives and the people that was there. We'd drink coffee and we'd eat sandwiches and all that. And somebody looked at him one day, and I remember him sharing the story at a minister's restoration. He said, somebody looked at him one day and said, Brother Kenny, said, do you want to know why you're our favorite? And he said, well, I, you know, I guess so. Go ahead and tell. He said, everybody likes to know why you're, you're their favorite. And he said, several of them said, because you're just like one of us. It wasn't a term of disrespect. They honored the man of God. But they said, you come down here and you don't run off to your hotel and, and run off and go somewhere else, but you're right here with us. What was they saying? We just, we know you're real. We know you're real. Can I tell you, church, this world has been impacted and misled by the false and the fake forever. And I want to say is that they're looking, Brother Marvin, for a place and a people who will tell the truth. And how can we tell the truth? Because we've been impacted by the imperfect. Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. The other thing I want to close with is this. And I've already related to it. Is the imperfect will impact because it is your testimony it's your testimony they overcame him by the blood of the lamb 
and the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. Your testimony to be able to stand and say and tell us of the fact of how the Lord brought you out. There was an old song, and I still hear it from time to time, but it said that the song was, Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness of what the Lord has done for you? Amen. Can I get a witness of how the Lord has brought you through? Come on here. Come on here. That don't excite some of you, but it should. Amen. Can I get a witness of what the Lord has done for you? Can I get a witness of how the Lord has brought you through? Can you testify of how you were delivered? Can you testify of how you were saved? Can you testify of how your marriage was restored? Can you testify of how the prodigal came home? Can you testify? Oh, I know it's chock full of imperfection, but Somebody needs to be able to stand and testify and say an imperfect situation impacted me because there is a perfect God working on my behalf. Listen, the testimony of what God can do through imperfect people and imperfect situations. Murdering, mumbling Moses dishonest, scheming, angel-wrestling Jacob, adulterous, murderer-manipulator of King David, confrontational, outspoken, sword-swinging around campfires, Christ-denying Peter. Come on here, I'm talking about imperfect. Come on here. Christian-killing, church-persecuting Saul, who was an imperfect man. Oh, but Brother Torbert, he thought he was perfect in the eyes of religion and religious tradition. He thought he was a keeper of the law. But he met a man on the road to Damascus. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about imperfect situations where there was an impact. A little lady who had the controversy of a child out of wedlock, public scrutiny, and a baby who was going to be born in a feeding trough called a manger. But God used seemingly imperfect situations to impact the world by the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, church, we are still being impacted by imperfect situations. He's perfecting us. Would you stand with me all over this house? Oh, thank you, Lord. Would somebody right now just lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for the imperfect. Oh, I know that sounds contradictory. Go ahead and tell him. Would somebody dare to praise him and say, thank you, Lord, that it didn't always work out? Somebody ought to raise your hands and say, thank you, Lord, that all the prayers weren't answered. Thank you, Lord, that all my ducks weren't in a row. Thank you, Lord. 
oh, for some sleepless nights and thank you for some heartache and thank you for some tears and thank you, Lord, for some situations that I thought it was all falling apart, but really it was all falling into place. Oh, even Joseph was able to look at his brothers and say, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you tonight. I thank you tonight for imperfect situations that impact us in tremendous ways. Oh, Lord, teach us tonight. Let it reveal the truth. And let that truth speak of the testimony of what Christ has done. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I simply want to ask you tonight, Brother Udy, if you don't mind to help me, can you move these communion plates up here on the platform so we have room at the altar? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I simply want to ask you this tonight. What's imperfect in your life? What's going on? What are some things that should say, Brother Jacob, I mean, it just feels like I don't know. I, I'm, I've been trying to figure it out. I've been trying to make sense of it. I'm wanting it to be perfect. I'm wanting everything to be put together. I'm wanting everything to make sense. But tonight, you're realizing that God can use the imperfect to impact your situation. Lord, what are you teaching us? What are you teaching us? What truth needs to be revealed in my life? What truth do I need to tell? What's my testimony? What is it, God, you want to do that I can stand and say, if it had not been for the Lord, I did not do it myself. I could not do it myself. But it was the Lord. If that's you tonight, if you're in those places, if you're in that struggle, if tonight you're in those areas, I'm going to ask if you will, can we come? Can we come right now? Can we come and find ourselves a place? Can we find ourselves a place in this altar? Would you tonight come and say, Lord, there's lots of things that are seemingly imperfect. There's a lot of issues and struggles. There's temptation. There's trial. There's tribulation. But tonight, Lord, I want you to impact me. I want you to help me. Go ahead, Sister Carol. I want you to help me. Can I get a witness of what the Lord?